Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> a movie odyssey with Brad Patel and Gus Trapper. This is probably going to be a pretty long episode. So, um, this is basically going to be like 35 years of therapy for me. <laughs> missed out on I, this, uh, this movie. <laughs> I was, I haven't seen this in a long time. Yeah, I know. It's been a while for and me, too. I fucking teared up. Yeah, they really it, pl- they really played it up. That that scene, you know, he they, a, it's it's a long scene, first of all, and yeah, you know, they they really punch it home that he's dead. Like you, there's like this movie is brutal. Uh, yeah, there, that's that's the thing. It's just there's so much death and mayhem in this movie that I and well, it, I guess mm-hmm. we should talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. I guess it's on I, the fucking title. I, I thought I was ready, but um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll we see talk how about this goes. Silver Lake for a little bit longer. <laughs> we we can, yeah. So I guess I guess I'll record like an intro. Hey gang, uh, what's up? My name's Brad Patello. I'm joined here on Zoom by my good friend Gus Trouth, and today we are discussing the movie that broke Generation X. Transformers, 1986, the one, the only, uh, I don't know, so much death, destruction, mayhem. And it was a toy commercial. That's the part that always blows me away that they did it to sell toys. They, they took this all the way. (laughs) They didn't fuck around at all. Apparently it was supposed to be even worse. Like, there were scenes that were cut that were even more yeah. brutal. Like, and the, the, the pre-production and like the scripts, just in the script stage of the, what I read was just like, it was a complete disaster. <laughs> I can't believe it. It honestly is for like, I'm going to put hard air quotes on this kids movie. They, they really, really tried, I think. Yeah. Like on, they were going like, for it. The uh, difficulty of animation. Your art. This is for the people out there that are not animators. I would just just think about this. Try drawing Optimus Prime one time, <laughs> and if it looks okay, then you're halfway there. But like, and put every line in it. Don't skip lines. Yes. Add. Every line, Google a picture of him from the G1 show and then recreate a drawing of him using every single line that you see. And then for and then the movie, have add 30 like, more characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, also add a bunch more lines because now we're doing highlights and shadows and glimmers and, and damage. Yes, there, cracks sometimes there and, are like three, four levels of uh, beyond, the, beyond the coloring. There's a, a black layer of shadow there's a two layers of then shade of shadow uh, yeah dark darken and then there's a highlight layer which is just insane yeah like and at that moment they're doing they have 
that's hand, that's hand colored. So their hand, I don't know how it's just insane. Well, again, this was 86. I mean, there, there's definitely moments where you're like, oh, this is the 80s. Uh, well, actually, that was the whole movie. We'll, I, we'll get into the soundtrack, uh, <laughs> it's, it, which was that, amazing. It, yes. The best soundtrack slash score ever. The perfect mix of 80s rock anthems and 80s synth. But it, it, and it, it lands. It sticks the landing fucking hard. It feels right. It, it the the key is inserted. Oh, that sounds weird. I'm just saying that it is. It works. The soundtrack works. Oh yeah, I love this. I love the score. That's like my one of my favorite parts. The score and the soundtrack, both the the rocks so the anthemy rock songs that are in it that are throughout it, and then also there's like a synthy orchestral. It's like an orchestral score, but it's all synth. I honestly, whenever you've got the touch comes in, oh, yeah. I there's a glimmer in my eye, man. I'm love, halfway to like a complete emotional wreck. <laughs> I love that song. Well, it's I guess we so should good. provide a little backstory because I know a bit about this. I was I was 12 years old. I I had a bunch of the toys. I uh, had seen every episode on television. I was the exact target audience. For this movie and I left the theater a broken person it made me a nihilist I uh, I remember leaving the theater and thinking life is a farce we're all gonna die and nothing we do matters and that uh, philosophy has driven my life ever since then it's been 35 years of broken dreams death <laughs> misery but it's till all are one Till the 12 of us who survive are one. <laughs> so few characters survive this movie. They so, do a lot of like, hey, remember this character? He's dead. Hey, you remember that character you love? He's dead. So the original toy line uh, came out in 1984. And there was a couple things going on in the 80s. Of course, you had the uh, meteoric success of the Star Wars toys. Uh, so people just saw dollar signs. And then there were in the 60s and 70s regulations about kids TV, like TV that was aimed at kids couldn't just clearly be a commercial. And a certain percentage of it had to be educational, quote unquote, uh, which is part of the reason why Schoolhouse Rock exists, because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they run one of those three minute episodes every hour or whatever, and they meet that quota and then whatever. But the Reagan administration lifted that, those restrictions. So <laughs> the 80s just became a free-for-all of crass consumerism marketed at children. Um, here, we've got a toy. Make a cartoon out of it. Where the toy is like what you start with. There were yeah. several, and I think the Transformers and to a lesser extent Masters of the Universe has kind of transcended that now. Yeah. Because the, the franchises have become so iconic that you know, you get stuff now where it's like um, Transformers Prime or something like that, which is a really good show where the the toys are more of an afterthought. Like the show is the primary thing. Right. You have all the kids that are like love the shit out of Transformers are now the people behind the. Yeah, basically. 
the toys, by the way, are a lot cooler now. Like they were fairly clunky when they first come out. The first line of toys was actually pretty small. The 1984 line, which was the very first season of the show, there was like a three-part pilot uh, as sort of a test. And then they made 13 episodes as season one. There was probably 20 Autobots, maybe, and probably Shit, ten, so that, 10 that, Decepticons, maybe. They must have started working on this movie like... If it came out in 86, which is the year I was born, and it's also the best movie year. You got Big Trouble Little China. You got Transformers, the movie. I'll just stop there because I don't have a list in front of me, but <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Come on. The challenge. But you know what I mean? Like if, if this came out and if this came out in 86 and the toy line started in 84, they had to start making this movie like. Well, I don't know what the pipeline was, but a lot of characters that were introduced in season two were basically ignored in the movie. Mm -hmm. Season one was fairly minimal. There was not only a handful of characters. Are they original, in like a cave all the time? Well, they um, they were in a ship that crashed into a volcano. See, for me, I grew up just like catching the the show randomly i never knew i didn't even understand what a season was it just was like oh transformers is on yeah and i mean i don't know i was i had much concept of it either yeah I, but i did i was of the age where i watched it every day and it was on every day and yeah. you could kind of follow the threads it was fairly episodic you know but the first the three-part opener pilot involved you know the autobots are losing the war they escape and their ship crashes on Earth with Decepticons on it, and they lay dormant for four million years. And then the volcano erupts and we reawakens the computer and the computer reassembles everybody and they fight. Oh, shit. See, on Earth. I, yeah. But so there were some that. characters introduced in season one. You had, you started off with a small handful of characters. The toy line was culled from like three or four different Japanese toy lines about robots that turned into stuff yeah we, we, we gotta talk about the scale in the movie too but. <laughs> yeah. so they introduced the dinobots about halfway through the first season then they introduced the insecticons in the two-part finale they introduced the constructicons which you oh, do yeah. see in the movie it's fucking brilliant on the on the side it's like hey we're gonna sell all these toys individually or like for like a really expensive price you can get them all at once and it's just but you need them all to make devastating yeah and you need them all yeah um i don't like i was so young when i was watching this that it's a distant memory i just know that i was optimus prime basically was the coolest person ever to exist and I'm going to say person because that's how I regarded him as. So when this movie came out, my mom rented it because she knew I like loved. Well, let's just add, let's keep on going on my love for Optimus Prime. My brother, who was six years older than me, he had a best friend that lived uh, like a house away. And he had the original Optimus Prime like metal mm. toy. Yeah, it was and a cool I, toy. I like was like, hey, 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 uh, is JP coming over one? Like, uh, 
Give me the tell tell him about bring up bring Optimus Prime over. Yeah, I'll like play with my Optimus Prime. Yeah, just obsessed. He was a really cool toy. He was so one this of the movie cooler. comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and Optimus Prime is a fucking straight badass. Like that when he he comes in and just fucking rolls everybody. Yeah. Saves the day. And then is dies. I know we're skipping ahead here, but it just like literally destroyed me. I, my mom had to stop the movie. She gave me a hard reset with like a bath and, a, and, and uh, some kind of dessert. And then we carried on with the rest of the movie, but I was, I was broken. I think it was the first like real connection with death. I think I ever had. Yeah. That's uh, how a lot of us learned about death. <laughs> I get, I there's people dying throughout this entire movie from the fucking basically the first frame right but none of it matters as they the score everything and and i was telling you earlier maybe before we started recording but like even just watching it today i teared up i'm sure most of that's like nostalgic stuff but like it i wasn't under any influence it was like 9 30 in the morning I'm watching Transformers by myself and I'm choking up. It was rough. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tough one. But anyways, maybe we should jump back. We'll jump back to the start of the movie. Yeah. I mean, so season two introduced a bunch of characters that were basically ignored. I, I think they came out with so many toys that second season. There was the Stunticons, there was the aerial bots, there was the combaticons, there was the protectobots, all of which merged into a big thing because they figured they could sell more toys that way. There was a bunch of cars that were basically repaints of season one cars, um, a bunch more Decepticons. And it was almost like it was handed down, I'm sure it was handed down from the toy company that's like every, every character must get an episode. Because every episode in season two is like introducing a new character and you get ridiculous stuff like Warpath, the Autobot tank traveling through time to medieval England and meeting King Arthur. (laughs) That was literally loved that episode too. There's a couple episodes that deal with transformer consciousnesses, which I kind of wanted to hit on here because there's just so much death. Like, what is the nature of their existence? Clearly, they're sentient beings, right? They all have unique personalities. They're self-aware. Yeah. So they're mechanical beings, but they're alive. Um, there's an episode in season two called Starscream's Brigade where um, Megatron and Starscream fight as they are wants to do. Uh, Megatron kicks Starscream out, and he ends up on this island with all this washed-up junk from World War II. <laughs> so he, he rebuilds a bunch of it. This is the Combaticon's origin story. And then he sneaks off to Cybertron because they had a space bridge at one point in the cartoon. And that was a big MacGuffin. Like it was a instantaneously transport you to Cybertron. You remember that? Yeah. No, I like the, the show, the series to me is I, I haven't seen it in so long and it would be like, a faint it's a faint dream well I, I re-watched a couple of episodes including this one it's really bizarre because i remember the plot of it 
And I remember at the time thinking that's a really weird origin story for characters. So like he, yeah. he takes he takes this old World War II era junk, he kind of fixes it up, and then he he sneaks off to Cybertron on the space bridge and he he breaks some consciousnesses out of jail. Like the the Decepticons have a jail on Cybertron where I guess there's like worse Decepticons. Like why would the Decepticons need a jail? Aren't they all criminals? But <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of implied and he brings back these little parts, like five little cogs or boxes or something. And he plugs them into the machines and they turn into transformers. And I, so it's implied there that their personalities slash consciousness is tied to a piece of hardware. And I guess if that hardware is damaged enough, then that transformer dies. Well, I think this movie, the, the matrix, which in the um, Michael Bay ones, they call the all spark, the all spark, but the matrix was made up for that movie though. Yeah. I don't know if that's canon here. Yeah, I wouldn't say it is, but I, this is a bit of a detachment, but I, I, watching this movie, there's a, it was sort of my first introduction to like this kind of animation where it's very Japanese and like the camera, it's, it's cinematic. Where yeah, not, I always not thought all, it not was. Not all Disney movies are necessarily cinematic. Sometimes they're more all about like the it's more theat like a a theater show. How they're having the characters, where they're showing the entire character to like show them acting. It's not like over the shoulder, reverse. You know what I mean? There's nothing like how most contemporary movies are made. Yeah, and there's lots of like sweeping camera moves in this movie with and. Like where they'll like a, a transformer will be like standing up in the frame. And I was sort of like, damn, Michael Bay kind of like <laughs> translated that uh, earnestly. Like, I honestly think that like they are ridiculous movies. But Transformers is also Transformers. Like, you mean the Michael Bay movies? Yeah. But that for the first one is I, I kind of like is, the first is, one is enjoyable. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't mind it. I was grinning from ear to ear that for in that first movie. The second one, though, I don't know. Oh no, yeah. It, well, also they were on a writing strike, and it was there's definitely cool action in it and stuff. But yeah, it's a disaster. Yeah, I think the first one's decent. Did you see Bumblebee? I watched it on a plane. Pretty good, right? I mean, it, I was I was actually hoping that was going to be really cool with the guy coming from uh, Pixar or Leica. Leica. It's like, like a, a guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as far as how, when it was made, I don't know, because it was done pretty quick. I think you got... Which is insane. I can see it. Like, you can see it in the animation. Sometimes. Well, some, yeah, there's definitely some shots where it's like, whoa, that's not their best work. But, man, they are going for it. Just worlds crumbling and being sucked into this giant into unicron <laughs> like all of unicron's inner working in terms just of like, the sheer amount of like work just for a, a single frame of one of these characters is just insane oh yeah it's so much detail and they're it, like i was saying they're going for it like the fights are good like the, 
it's not this like they're shooting back and forth, which does happen sometimes, but usually there is like a problem happening and then the, the character solves the problem or, and then another problem happens and they have to solve that problem within the fight, just within the fight. Yeah. It's good With, choreography. I mean, that yeah. first, the first act is super tight as far as story. Yes. First, first act is great. Um, as far as art and animation, it's a big step up from the show, obviously, because the show was done really quickly. Um, just five episodes a week. Some, just the sheer I, difficulty of it, I just think, has to, for the show, let, let alone for this movie, the, I, I, I give them a pass on any time that they're like reusing. Like they'll, they'll, what they'll do is they'll animate through to a point and then just reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll, is, they'll loop stuff. Like if characters yeah. have the same design, but they're painted different, like there's a bunch of characters that are all, all have kind of the same design, but they have different colors to them. Right. So I think there's like the cassette tapes coming out of blaster. It's like the same animation. Um, yeah. There's, there's moments like that where it's like, okay, they looped it, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, the ad, season one of the show is 84 season two of the show which was 40 episodes was 85 to like january 86 this comes out june 86 yeah and then season three of the show that fall fall 86 i mean obviously there's multiple studios working on all this stuff but it's still insane i think it was all sunbow i'd have to i didn't look into that too much the animation was they might they might be like farming it out to like multiple studios throughout japan and probably i mean it was produced in the u.s though that surprised me to learn that you know because you kind of assume it's japanese because it has that sensibility and that look to it but it's, yeah. it's clearly inspired by japanese animation like gungans and stuff but yeah i think the there is something about like the optimus prime not having a mouth and he has the like shield guard which is yeah. a gundam thing that design, it's just so cool. I, I I can't, obviously Gundam and like the original Gundam is so transcending and. It's easier to like animate ad too. Adore. Yeah, that's, that's true. This goes up and down. Why didn't they do it to like what? Uh, Soundwave. A handful yeah, of characters. Does yeah, a bunch of characters that. got that. that. That was in the toy too. That was how he looked. That was how the toy looked. And the Soundwave toy as well. Starscream. What? I thought Soundwave design a, is really cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah, Soundwave. Just awesome. the uh, the fact that he doesn't really have a face, and uh, just the the shapes on his head. Very iconic. I mean, Optus Prime, Megatron, Starscream, and Soundwave just alone, their yeah. voices. Well, um, yeah, that's something I wanted to get into as well. The voice cast, like you had so many people acting in this movie obviously you have the big names that they brought in for the movie two people's last two famous people's last movie credit yeah so orson, orson wells and scatman scat brother yeah orson wells died five days after they recorded his dialogue <laughs> they i was reading that like he they had to add all this like synthesized shit to it to like, cause he was like wheezing and coughing so much. He was so fucked up. Oh really? Yeah. He, I, I guess he came in and said, I heard I'm a whole planet. <laughs> and he's like six, four and a, like 300 pounds. 
Yeah, yeah you, I guess he was good to work. The, uh, they said he was good to work with, though. The director, really? spoke, the director spoke highly of him. There's, you know, famous videos of him yelling at people who are shooting commercials that he's in. With, right. The, the clearly, wine commercial yeah. is like where he's Whoa. clearly drunk. <laughs> yeah. But I guess uh, I guess he he was gracious and they they spoke highly of him. The directors. So it's yeah, Orson Welles. And I think that his it, last performance, his performance is it's awesome. Like Unicron's awesome. Yeah, he's doing some really cool stuff. Like when he like his yell at the end about yeah. destiny, I am destiny or whatever. Like, it's great. Yeah, he had more dialogue than I remembered too. He has a whole. He's got a few pretty good lines. Like Megatron says, "Nobody summons me," and then he says, "Well, I'm the first then." <laughs> or yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, I like that bit. Um, so you had Orson Welles, Eric Idle as the motorcycle yeah. junk guy he's in there um yeah he's great Th- those guys are awesome the leonard nimoy guys of course yeah leonard leonard nimoy and uh oh, robert um, stack but robert hot stack. rod oh uh judd nelson judd from, nelson yeah from breakfast club really hamming it up here by the way he does two characters well hot rod and rod hot Prime. rod Oh, yeah, just Hot Rod. I thought I saw earlier it was he had two. Well, Rodimus Prime. Yeah, I know, but I, I thought like completely different. Not. Yeah, Judd Nelson's really hamming it up. His his line deliveries like, talk about dull, Daniel. What does he say? Uh, at Lookout Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was watching this movie basically on repeat back in the day, I mean, I must, my mom and I were, I was talking to my mom after I watched the movie to get the story about me uh, losing my shit after Optimus dies. Yeah. But we were trying to figure out how old I was. And I was probably five or six. That's young. Um, I was 12 and I was like crushed. So much of this movie, I just watched this when I was so young that so, there was so many words and battalion and uh, like, uh, electrolytes i don't know they're saying all these <laughs> like electric like they're just saying all these words that like a five-year-old does i don't know i didn't know what the fuck they were talking about so it was interesting to watch this movie again and be like oh i get all of the references all of the stuff that like the common senses they're saying I and mean, this movie isn't really aimed for the dialogue is kind of yeah some of it is it's, it's that star trek let's throw yeah. in some techie word techie yeah, sounding the, words yeah. occasionally to make it sound like we know what we're talking about even whenever he's like that's a whopper about the uh, size of the fish or something i just remember oh, being yeah. like what the fuck his, are they talking about his acting i don't know he, <laughs> i think he kind of phoned it in judd Nelson. i did well yeah he's been phoning it in since uh well, this is 85 almost fire why is he phoning it in in 1985 isn't this to, like at the height of his popularity? Yeah, because he was doing the most cocaine possible. <laughs> okay. Um, he, but uh, another thing I noticed was all the setups in this movie. The with um, Hot Rod, especially he has the most setups, I would say, and payoffs. Where, where, he, where he is the. He catches, yeah, he ca- catches, catches the, the matrix. Thing when it falls out, and there's a moment. And then I do always remember this from when uh ultra magnus when he goes to put it in it doesn't fit and he has to reset it yeah and i was like why the fuck they do that oh because it's that's like a little foreshadowing thing it's not really his 
Yeah. And uh, there's another thing where he says something about like, no, like we'll use the matrix and it'll work. And Oh yeah. He says, yeah, well, it cup, will work. Yeah. Cup goes <clears throat> cups. The best cups, the best fucking character ever. Cup, uh, um, did you look up that of voice actor Lionel Stander? No. Cause he was in like silent films. He he's like an old, nobody would know. I didn't know who he was until like this mm-hmm. last viewing. And I looked him up and apparently he's like a, legendary actor he was like 82 years old here really yeah he was in a ton of stuff um yeah he i just i just think that i've always liked that character but uh i remember my brother's another one of my brother's friends had that toy the cup toy yes and finding it was like it might as well found like a dinosaur bone or something like it was just like because all these toys by then you know, I'm six years out from even realizing, you know, what Transformers is from my brothers oh. who are sick. My brother was six years older. So you're like removed from the original. Yeah. So like finding all of those toys, I, I'm just so out of that, uh, enjoying what, like whatever that it's kind of like in a, <laughs> uh, oh shit. What's the Christmas, the Polar Express. The whole thing is like, you know, that you adults can't hear the jingle bells anymore. Oh, yeah. I can't hear the bells towards toys anymore. I just don't give a shit. I used to think it like for such a long time I was into toys, like way longer than I should have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still have a bunch of old Transformers that from. And He-Man toys. Yeah, I got a bunch of. Yeah, you've probably seen them. Right. Yeah. When I helped you move, I was like, oh, shit, it's Beast Man. <laughs> oh, shit. It's the guy that changes face. <laughs> Two face. I don't know what his name was. Man, man, e faces. <laughs> I've uh, my kids have destroyed most of them now, but uh, I still have the old comics. Yeah, I, I was a big fan. I would, I would those were my favorite toys when I was uh, that age. I I kind of started to age out of it because the movie, you know, the the it's part of the same continuity. That you get two seasons of the show. Then you have the movie where it jumps 20 years ahead. And then season three picks up where the movie leaves off. So it's all part of the same continuity. I think there was a fourth season too, but I, I think it kind of got canceled mid fourth season. Cause mm. I had, I had kind of started to age out of it at that point. I was starting high school and I was getting married. <laughs> <laughs> no. So this movie, yeah, this was the end of my, I guess every generation has their sort of end of innocence moment. You know, the boomers had JFK. You all had nine 11. We had transformers 86. <laughs> it was uh, gen X has never been the same. We're a, we're a generation of nihilists and agnostics and yeah, uh, the let's just talk of the, just that's from the beginning of this movie. All right. Let's, let's talk story. about the cold open. Yes. The cold open of the movie before the credits roll. Yes. So he, you get Unicron. You introduce great him. shots. That yeah. shot of the sun great. kind of shooting like big like solar flares out and he's rounding. Yeah, I was gonna say I love those first few shots. And I the, the I one where it kind of zooms by where it's oh like my, yeah, it's incredible. So much detail, and then we see him kind of going off, and then we see inside of him. I would say and that, that shot's shot, great too. The inside yes, that, where he's looking out. 
yeah that the shot where it he comes past camera and it shows the size of it that shot can be put up with the star destroyer at the beginning of uh star the first star wars it could be oh yeah they, they do the same thing in alien and they showed how massive that ship is the but this one is done is animated and with that a bit that just changes the whole game and how they're able to there's like a clarity in the chaos because it's zooming past so it's like you're going like thousands of miles past this giant planet right that is an amazing like oh my god it's it's it blew but the music is so fucking depressing yeah unicron has a theme whenever he appears that music plays and you're just like oh shit they established the stakes right away. Yeah. There's, there's some big stakes. And they do a good job of it. Like, I always kind of, this is one of my biggest pet peeves with movies, is establishing a alien planet and with a civilization. And people are, there's cars and people and they're talking. And I think it most of the time, it, it's just complete shit. Like, when I think of, like, wonder woman when she's on her island and they're all walking around with baskets of apples and their armor still it's just like what the fuck is this this is so (laughs) stupid like guardians of the galaxy does it pretty well where it feels like an established lived in space sometimes that it just feels like concept art and it's this insane cathedral but like who the fuck would live in here what are they actually doing in it like there's no tangible uh, quality to it but i watching this movie i'm like oh shit this is sweet there's like a nice pan shot of the of all the like the city street or whatever and children can i just point out that there are children playing <laughs> all right so yeah, the Unic- robots it's cool <laughs> well all right unicron is approaching a planet and we we cut to the planet we see that there's a civilization thriving on it they're robots and that's another weird thing about this movie is that it kind of speculates that all life in the universe is mechanical like the only biological life you see is humans like every other life form you see is some kind of robot or mechanical being even the underwater creatures in that one scene yeah there's like robot fish and a robot squid and robot seaweed in, with, they just went full robot you got to go full full <laughs> robot you can't in, introduce fucking slimy aliens and I, is that's because they're going to kill them all and they don't want us to feel anything or they or is it just that's the style of the universe that they're i think it's it's so many things it's it's the it's the fact that they can kill everything without feeling bad about it they can um but they're clearly make, they can make toys out of it well, the toys are cool. That they're sentient beings. They're clearly <laughs> alive and conscious with self-awareness. Well, I think it's the idea of like maybe we have a maker. It's like the whole thing with Prometheus and stuff. Yeah, that there's like uh, another maker out there. The you know some that's so uh, galactic and uh, well. In season, did you ever see any season three episodes after the movie? Because it's, it's established that the Quintessons actually invented the Transformers. Oh, and the Quintessons are the 
the judge planet trial oh thing that, yeah shit where yeah <laughs> dumping people in the shark pit guilty people get yeah, dumped in a shark pit in this movie sentient beings. this movie has it all it has a court case it has it's a court case drama chase scenes fight scenes it has underwater odyssey um yeah chase scenes big battles a battle that lasts all day and night yeah that was a cool yeah you see the sun come up the next day and some really great uh one-on-ones one of my favorite one-on-one uh, other than the obvious uh optimus and uh megatron facing off is um the lead eric idols character he faces off of a guy that turns into a fucking helicopter and a car springer springer sorry i always forget his name uh they have a great fight mm-hmm. that that whole sequence is well hell we're gonna get to it the weird, weird um, al music playing <laughs> i thought that was devo it's weird al oh shit <laughs> it's uh, it's like his devo style song <laughs> which makes yeah, sense for the gen- sweet okay so unicron <laughs> eats this planet with the civilization <laughs> on it um so they all die right uh so we One, find out all right yeah. here's what happens the, if, if you're eaten by unicron this is what happens to you it's like the matrix it's big gaping maw and he's got like mandibles that pull your planet in like pull, just kind of crushing your planet uh if yeah he sucks he sucks you in kind of there's some kind of uh suction going on yeah there's like a gravity thing that pulls you in and if you survive that you are incinerated in a vat of acid but ultimately he is devouring planets to like energize himself right but the beings that actually survive the process are put on a conveyor yeah. and they're hoisted up and there's like a hook holding him. And then they're dropped into a giant vat of acid. We yeah. see a close up of a guy melting who's clearly recognizable as one of the one of the sentient robots on the planet. He just ate in the cold open. One of them's clear. And there's a guy flailing in agony. This face melts off and then he's just yeah, incinerated. Fucking brutal. And then the last guy, okay, the last survivor of this race makes it off on a shuttle. He survives long enough to give our heroes an exposition dump, and then he is eaten by sharks. So that's the story of the planet that gets eaten by Unicron in the cold open. We're not even to the opening credits, and millions or possibly billions of sentient beings, including children who we saw playing, they made a point to show show us children playing. And scientists who we know they're scientists because they carry trays of beakers. Yeah. With full liquid of, in full it. of different liquids. They all died a horrible death. We're not even to the opening credits and there's probably a billion deaths. Now hard cut to some rock and roll music uh, of transform transformers theme, which to make us feel better is so good. Whenever the robotic part of uh, uh, robots in disguise with the robot voice, I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. When it goes into the O in movie and it's like the yeah. Doctor Who tunnel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the soundtrack is pretty sick. I, You know, we talked about it a little bit, but I've got a couple. I got you got the touch and dare on my iPod. I, they're on frequent rotation. I find the song dare incredibly inspirational. <laughs> sort of. But this I forgot how many just rock anthems are in this movie. There's like 
six or seven of them there's the weird al song well when they're when they're thrown into a sticky situation you're gonna have some sweet rock music getting them out of it <laughs> so I, there's a couple voice actors too we didn't talk about since the credits are now rolling we're we're a billion deaths in and now we've got opening credits um we talked about all the famous people but there's i want to give a shout out to like frank welker as megatron he was great i mean he was fred jones and scooby-doo and a, just a ton of other voices he does he's the voice a, acting is like all in all pretty solid yeah even from the famous people they brought in usually they'll when they do an animated movie it's one of my pet peeves is when they bring in like yeah famous names who can't aren't necessarily voice actors yeah and they don't do a good job i feel like hot rod here could have been better hot rod overall is my least favorite character probably a because he replaced they tried to replace optimus prime with him and that marketing gimmick that very cynical marketing gimmick backfired spectacularly nobody bought the rodimus prime doll (laughs) everybody was super pissed that they killed optimus prime they got Tons of angry letters. One kid locked himself in his room for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was probably me. I just blacked it out. Yeah, they had they just like thrown all these new characters. They kill off all your loved characters or have them change with you know. Well, that's the other thing too, is the Autobots dying. That's the nothing matters part of like how I felt when I left the theater. The Autobots all die horrible deaths. The Decepticons don't. They no. like uh, Starscream dies, but he comes back as a ghost in season three. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he finally gets it. His his little uh, the, well, I love Starscream. Just, yeah, he's great. He's such a great character. Chris um, Lata, brilliant he, performance. Oh, so good, uh, so memorable. Yeah, and a great name, Starscream. You're gonna remember that one too. It, it goes hand in hand with his voice too. It's just perfect. Um, when they intercept the uh, ship that's going to Earth to warn them, mm-hmm. and they like blast through the hall and just are like ripping through the innards of the ship to get into the cockpit, and Megatron's like. I think he says die Autobots yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It's just like, it's brutal. The, it is brutal. Like, it, and then they're shooting them and there's one of them as he's dying, his eyes fade Oh yeah, and prowl. smoke is coming out of his mouth and it's just visually brutal. Yeah. Like that it's was- like a war movie. Like it's, it's, and like you were saying, like when those guys are in the vat of acid and they're melting, it's not, it's handled in a, a very like mature way. Yeah. Kids movie, man. This is a movie for children. There's a character that gets his head crushed under a tire. We see him later though. And his head seems fine, but. Um, just well, that's in his bug form. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same head just turned around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That first. So we're into the act one here we've got um oh i wanted to also shout out to peter cullen too the voice actor did optimus prime he was yeah i think you know you you listen to the commentaries and you listen to interviews of people who are involved with this movie and they really have a lot of regrets 
about killing Optimus Prime. They they're like, wow, I didn't know that would happen. I didn't know people would be mad. <laughs> they don't get it. They didn't they didn't know what they had. And I think it was Peter Cullen's performance because he, he brought this kind of gravitas to it. His like baritone. Oh, it just it, and he plays the character in everything. He's in the Michael Bay movies. He's in yeah. Transformers Prime. He's he, in the Bumblebee movie. I mean, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I mean, his death scene is like what half of it is him. I mean, like the music's really good and somber and stuff, but like Peter is killing it. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, and I think just the two of them, like the character plus the voice actor just made it. I mean, the, you look at the character and it's like he turns into a truck and, and you know, his, his head kind of looks like a construction helmet. He's a working class hero. He's like your dad, you know. I don't know. I think it says something about change and yeah, it's funny it, to think losing a losing a paternal figure. He was very yeah. like very much a father figure to a lot of people, you know, who watched the show. There was a weird love. Well, I th- kids do like anything like tractor trailers and construction stuff. Yeah. Just like inherently, I don't know what for whatever reason like every boy loves that shit basically. Oh, no, my phone's low Uh-oh. at 20%. Oh, no, we got this. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're still in act one, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can always switch over something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. So um, uh, they yeah, like you said, they put they if you're going through the plot, act one is basically just killing the cast. That's there's a giant battle. You have the you establish it is the futuristic year of 2005 yeah <laughs> the and, uh, <laughs> yeah they the, the decepticons uh do a surprise attack on the autobots on their their earth base and there's a long battle and optimus makes it there just in time and he comes and fucking cleans house this when optimus is he's in truck form what does he say but like before he's, as he must be stopped yeah no matter the cost no matter the cost and then the song and then you've got the touch comes in he transforms he's Slowly. fucking burning burning down he rips through a couple dudes and then he does like a blast off and yeah. does this 180 flip while like shooting through the air i love that shot it is it's my favorite shot in the movie it probably like it's so cool. It's it was probably the coolest thing I'd ever seen at up to that point, and it still is awesome. And the shot where he lands too, it's like yeah, you know, you see his feet come down in the foreground. It kind of tilts up, and you see him blast a few few last guys that he missed. Yeah, from the hip. Yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. So everybody dies except for like twelve people, <laughs> and none of them are like, characters that we have any attachment to, other than the what deaths- we have led up to. The deaths are treated so casually too. It's like you see RC dragging Windcharger's dead body, and it's just like, oh, I guess he's dead. And then she sets him down next to Wheeljack, and it's like, oh, I guess Wheeljack's dead too. Right, right. That's what I was saying earlier. It's just like, well, shit. We got all these characters that we don't, you know. There were we gotta, a lot of characters. Yeah. I mean, for how many characters are in this movie? You remember? I mean, I maybe it's just because you're the series helped or something but like i don't know like you it holds that well you know what i mean like 
it's not like a complete mess. Most movies are a complete mess when you have that many characters going going on. Act one is not a act one is awesome. Act two is like meh, sort of starts to get a little weird. It gets really depressing whenever like they're throwing out all of the old Decepticon or I do, yeah, I do like how there's like this nice transition between how the Autobots handle death and then how the Decepticons handle death. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we go right from Optimus Prime's very somber, very depressing death scene where he turns gray and his head like falls off or something. And yeah, he just like it just like flaps to the side. There. Yeah, it's like they really want you to know he's dead. They really, really want you to know that <laughs> there's like they linger on it. And then we cut to Astro Train. Let's talk about scale for a minute here. <laughs> Astro Train is the same is just as tall as Starscream in robot form. Yes. But he they all use him to escape. He turns into a train. But and he's like it's just enormous in. inside. Yeah. Yeah, and it's empty too. There's no seats. They're all just sitting on the floor. And then he takes off and he transforms into a shuttle, but he's got to flip over. I didn't fucking Megatron didn't... turns into a little pistol that Starscream holds. Oh yeah, there's scale all over the place. Like <laughs> and and Unicron is this is is bigger than like every single planet he comes in contact with until Cybertron, where all of a sudden he's like standing on top of it once he's once he's transformed. I wonder if Cybertron's I don't know, you never get a sense of scale of like I I, I just I guess I just got the impression Cybertron was a really big planet. I don't, I mean, but yeah, there are scale issues everywhere. I mean, Soundwave is like 30 feet tall as a robot, but he's like, he turns into a cassette deck and he's like a foot tall that a dude could carry around. (laughs) So they all get away on Astro Train. I actually wrote down, I took very few notes here, by the way. I did too. I just really, I I was just watching it. Um, I I did write down poor Astro Train. Because he's got to carry them all back. But yeah, he flips over and you don't show the inside of him where clearly all the Decepticons who are just sitting on the floor that is now the ceiling like crumbled around. And anyway, so even though he's in space and there's no gravity, he tells them he needs to (laughs) lose some weight because he doesn't have enough fuel to get back. So, you know, we go right from this somber death scene of Optimus Prime right into the Decepticons just dumping each other out of the shuttle. Like, and in fighting. Yeah, and then they fight over who's next. Like who gets to leave. There's there's some fun dialogue there too when they're fighting. Yeah. Um I I they it the first interaction with like half dead Megatron and uh Unicron, I think as a kid, it slowed down too much for me. But on this rewatch, I was like, Oh, this is pretty sweet. I like that scene. Yeah. I also like the the transformation animation when he's becoming Galvatron, like yeah, he turns into wireframe, and then, and then you got to yeah, keep reminding that. yourself this is all drawn, like none of this yeah. is computer. And there's some amazing detail in this movie, like we've just been gushing about the whole movie. Unicron, some of the shots of him, like, well, th- there's a there's a whole sequence of shots where they transform Autobot City, where they're preparing for the battle, and it, yeah. there's some really cool shots there. They don't make it easy for themselves at yeah. all. Like so every detailed. every scene has, a, I mean, yes, there's cycles and they're reusing animation. Like I said, well, they'll like play it in reverse. 
Um, but the, I've, I mean, every, maybe other than a Pixar movie, which I'm sure still uses tricks, but like they really don't, they're going for, they're fucking going for it hard. Well, absolutely. You know, you were mentioning the camera moves. Those are animated too. The backgrounds, yeah. they had to animate the yeah. backgrounds. Animated backgrounds a lot of the time. Where, where there's like, yeah, like a Michael Bay like move or a character stands up and the, the camera like swings around him. Yeah, and just the sense of scale. Yeah, like within the animation, I mean, like they're just drawing the character bigger than smaller. But I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, they, like I said, they're real. They're they're fucking going for it. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the detail. There's a like in the third act, Unicron, Unicron transforms into a oh, robot, yeah. and then they shoot that's... his they shoot his stomach, and it like all this water comes out of nowhere, and they're like going through this like rapids yeah thing, and the water's painted and stuff it's crazy but like i was gonna say there's some cool animation there when he's transforming yeah. too like and just the, the right yeah and just the sheer amount of characters on screen at any given time oh god yeah like a like dozen. all right we're gonna introduce the um the underwater scene okay well, how we're gonna introduce that well we're gonna have like all these fish going and these other fish are eating these fish and it's <laughs> not just oh, yeah. once it's like I, you know, five different times that the fish you know that was one sequence that i had completely forgotten about that whole that there's a whole underwater battle with the robot squid yeah <laughs> I, I was fucked I, up some reason that was yeah that was a good i mean again we so talk the, about so the robotic Autobots, life forms well well Okay, well, it's so the twelve. If you of haven't them, seen this movie, real quick, but, but to go back a little bit, Unicron gives rebirths uh, a new version of Megatron and his gang. Yeah, uh, the, Galvatron. All the Decepticons that get dumped get new bodies. Yeah. which I think those designs are sweet. Yeah, I always thought they were cool. Yeah, Galvatron's um, a really cool character. Yeah. He was a terrible toy, though. I had the Galvatron. Oh, toy. really? Yeah, it sucked. I, I, well, I'm glad I never had it. Then. <laughs> yeah. But he was. Leonard, yeah, he looked Leonard good Nimoy in the show. Steps in. Yeah, so now he's Leonard Nimoy. He was Frank Welker, and now he's. Yeah. But in the show, he goes back to being Frank Welker. So. <laughs> and Leonard, then Galvatron Leonard... goes back and rain, rains on a Star Starscream's parade real hard. Yeah, Starscream's like getting himself crowned king of the decepticons <laughs> when they keep on like like uh that part's pretty funny i remember it always made me laugh before but or they're playing the trumpets yeah and they keep on playing it and then he shoots them all <laughs> yeah. starscream um, dies the only real decepticon to actually die in this actually and I he, know he it's like a um raiders of the lost ark you know kind of death oh yeah he, he gets shot once and then he turns to dust basically. yeah and the crown falls and he crumbles he crumbles away. The animation on that crown, the weight of it falling down the steps. When it's, when it's going down really, the stairs. Yeah, I really like that. good. Really, I like really that good. shot a lot. Yeah. There's some really effects. Effective. Some of the effects animation is pretty good too. Like, yeah. Like the explosions and like things getting broken and. Which is it, just so much of. So uh, yeah. much of. Oh, well, yeah. Everything Crumbling gets debris. Yeah. When Unicron's eating that planet and like the buildings are like falling apart and they start to fall down, but then they, yeah. Then the, 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 the gravity, gravity yeah. hits them and they start to go up instead. Now, there's one thing, there's some like horrible stock sound effects. 
in this movie <laughs> where <laughs> when when unicron's like insides are like devouring all the things oh it's literally yeah like a, it's like the hanna-barbera <laughs> chomp sound effect yeah so the matrix of leadership which is newly introduced to this movie we've never seen it before but apparently unicron's afraid of it so he wants galvatron to destroy it makes a deal with him and sort of act two becomes a chase movie the autobots the 12 of them that survived the battle get on two different ships and are separated because they need to fill 90 minutes <laughs> one I, one of them crashes into a planet i i like that the separate adventures that they go on i do I like, think it works well i do like the art design yeah. of like the different planets you see a bunch of different yeah it's fun all the different planets and different ships and stuff and this the whole like world building of of it this you know the 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 extension of the universe feels logical like the yes the planets they encounter and the life forms they encounter feel like they fit in that universe and just the designs are really cool like the the quintessence planet where it's all kind of well everything's mechanical but it's all like kind of art deco. it's not around yeah it's not like a, a round planet it's a crazy shaped um yeah there are other autobots go to the junk planet which i think also has some really cool art design to it also i just like how the backgrounds of that planet and all the trash and shit yeah there's some but nice I, background paintings yeah there's shots where there's parallax, you know, they're using a multi-plane. Yeah. Different layers of paintings. And then every planet that they visit has a unique look, you know? And so you always know where you are, like when they're cutting back and forth from the Quintesson planet to the Junkion planet, you know? Yeah. The, the, the junk planet, those characters too, like that's really well thought out. Like they're also just getting bits of information and scraps of you know tv shows and radio and stuff so that's how they talk so i guess they have separate adventures the hot rod and cup and the dinobots escape from the kangaroo trials of the quintesson planet another hard laugh though in that is uh when the dinobots break the door down on top of the uh I don't know the bailiff or whatever oh, yeah. he is <laughs> and the one's like excuse me or whatever i remember just thinking that like well, know, I, would, I was a gut buster as a six-year-old. The Dinobots are the comic relief. Yeah, yeah. I was like, when I was a kid watching it, I always wondered why they got so much airtime, and now I oh, they're it's because without that, without comic relief, this would be such a dreary slog. This movie. When Sla you see the when you see the, uh, the the Dinobots, you can in either form, you can just see how they transform. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. During all this, uh, Galvatron had attacked Ultra Magnus and blew him to bits in a, yeah. <laughs> in a scene that was supposed to be even more graphic, but they tr they cut it back. The Junkions rebuild Ultra Magnus. Some uh, glue and shit. Yeah, so they're good at building things. They join the battle. They all kind of rush. I love when they're, they're having the battle of the Autobots and they're like, they get knocked down off of the, and then the one transforms, the other one jumps on. They like switch roles. That that whole concept of those characters throughout, their how they talk, their whole culture, and how oh yeah, how they fight and stuff is they, really well thought through. 
So, As a kid, were you? Did you want um, what's his, is it? Danny, Daniel, oh, the exosuit. Fuck yeah! Transform. Transform it. Oh, Yahoo! we we forgot to mention that uh, during all this, that Unicron is now attacking Cybertron. There's two moons. Cybertron has two moons. The Autobots have secret, quote unquote, secret, even though everybody knows they're there. Bases on the two moons. Uh, Unicron eats the moons and several of the characters, including Daniel's father, get sucked into him. Spike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The like, design of Spike and Daniel are, is very like late 70s anime. Yeah. <laughs> Their haircuts and shit. Plus the sort of Gungam suits they got. Yeah, their suits are so lame comparatively to like the cool designs of all the Transformers. <laughs> so Spike is like working with Bumblebee on the moon, one of Cybertron's moons. Yeah. He's like stationed there. He's so like, I, yeah, I can't wait to see my son again just after we kick Megatron and the Decepticons to the other side of the universe or something. <laughs> so is he just working on his own or is... is He's the, working alongside with the, you know... Is, is the earth government like sanctioning this? Do they, I don't know. My, I, I, the, the state of mind that I have in this movie is still that of like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really, I have never questioned these things that you've, that you've questioned. Like, why aren't there others? Like, why aren't there aliens of like, that are slimy and. <laughs> it's all robot, robotic aliens. Yeah. Maybe that makes sense though. Maybe that's like. In the universe that this exists in, aliens are robots. Well, wouldn't the logical next step of our evolution be like merging with our technology and having our brains transplanted into Elon Musk designed cyborgs? Yeah, I'm ready for it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) I mean, fuck, our phones are like, if I like get up from the from the TV room and go to the kitchen and I don't have my phone. I sort of have like a slight panic attack. Oh, oh, where? Okay. It's just on the couch. Well, yeah, that's you, gonna you, become... don't, you don't need to pick up your phone, Gus. You're cool. Like just leave it, leave it there, man. That's the first then I pick step. It up. First step yeah. toward uh, automation of the human race. Since we're kind of addressing weird philosophical questions. Yeah. Um, if they're, if Transformers have gender, does that mean they reproduce sexually? I don't know. What's her face and uh, Hot Rod are going back and forth. It's a pretty good deal for her. Pretty bad deal for everyone else. If she's like the only female, she's pretty much got her pick. If that's well, how they reproduce. It's probably bad for her, yeah. Because <sighs> now it's... Yeah, they, I love that too. Like, shit, I, we got to put one female character in her. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. Make her pink. And she's pink. Give give her lipstick. <laughs> yeah. And she's like kind of got this sort of motherly instinct with Daniel too. Like, yeah. So apparently even sentient robots can't escape traditional gender roles. <laughs> so I don't know. Transformers. Her and Springer kind of have a thing going on too, even though. Yeah, like, it's like a it's triangle. It's never really addressed, yeah triangle between rc springer and hot rod yeah this movie's got um, everything so i get i don't know I, I really kind of don't think transformers reproduce sexually even though i'm sure there's the rule 34 of it but 
it, it can. I think that RC's gender expression is just part of her, just part of her unique personality. I, I don't know. I don't know how Transformers reproduce. Maybe they build each other. On the one planet, we saw children. Yeah. If there are children, again, that implies that they reproduce sexually. They have offspring that then grow, and they're robots. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, there's like little nanomachines, and they just keep. Uh, who knows? I don't fucking know. Sex life of robots. I think <laughs> we could write a script. I'm sure sexy it's been done. Transformers. I'm sure it's been done. I don't want to know. Don't send me. If you're listening, don't send me transformer porn, please. I'm sure send it's it over to send it, send it over to me. <laughs> send, it, send it to Gus. I'm I'm good. <laughs> All right, so Act Three, um, we kind of went through Act Two. Act Three is like a big battle with Unicron. Um, does anybody die here? Does does um, there's three jets, Decepticon jets die? Thrust, Dirge, and Ramjet. There's a shot where they yeah. kind of fly into his mouth, and then he bites down on them, and they explode. Is that the end of them? I'm trying to. I didn't notice that before. You almost think that the trash people die, but they they make it. They come back in the show too. Um, they, I, I really like the uh, setup where Hot Rod thinks he finds he gets separated from the group and he thinks he finds the Allspark or the Matrix. And um, <laughs> same, sorry, thing. yeah. There's some Dif- some some nerd line. that is listening to this is just like lost his fucking mind. Uh, the the he fi- sees the Matrix and um, just it's like how it's encased in black and it's actually like you know uh galvatron's is standing there but he's you know oh that shot yeah we're yeah that's pretty cool does that whole that whole sequence is pretty cool that fight's fight's halfway decent too much of act three takes place inside unicron because several of the characters i like how they burst through his eye in the yeah the quintesson ship they go into his eye there's several so they end up rescuing who was on? The, oh, we got Jazz and Cliff Jumper. Cliff Jumper, voiced by Casey Kasem, uh, and Jazz. Jazz, Jazz, voiced by Scatman Crothers, in his final performance, are also oh. eaten because they're on the moon. And then Spike and Bumblebee, oh right, um, yeah, are on the other moon. So they're inside of him. They get rescued from yeah, that's, melting that's Danny's, in acid. That's Danny's um, like trial like it's like he becomes a man right there <laughs> he says oh. the day when, when his he, dad is like daniel save he, me use your fucking blaster daniel <laughs> he's like fucking like that there's really it just comes down to like bad uh he's like you did it son and he's like the shot of daniel is like yeah i did it and then he has like this like blank look on his face i think it's just bad voice like the voice acting doesn't match and like the acting isn't very good in the um, in the animation but spike says shit oh yeah yeah in the yeah, version I, did you watch was there a shit i didn't it didn't you know i cuss so much that i you know i don't i don't know all right that was, it, that was a big deal have washed over me yeah that was big, uh, i did read about that that was in adr they did that in adr and they did it so they could get a pg rating because oh can you imagine like giving this movie a g rating that you can kill billions of sentient beings in horrible ways but god forbid you say the word shit yeah (laughs) now we're gonna slap it with a pg now it's not a kid's movie anymore there's all this death and destruction in it but 
and sometimes in some edits of the movie they cut it out so i was saying what what version did you watch did you rent it i i rented it on i have the um i have the vhs still okay um but i didn't feel like breaking it out and i i watched what whatever there there's like a newer edition like the 2005 edition or something like that or the 30th anniversary edition is what it was or something like that on the um on on prime that i rented okay i i again took the opportunity to get myself a blu-ray i had it on vhs and did it look does it look was the quality uh, because some blu-ray stuff like animate like a lot of the um it was not very well mastered at all yeah the studio ghibli blu-rays are insane like Ponyo looks so fucking good. Insanely good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, no, you know, the Transformers home video releases have never been great. Um, they've always jacked them up in some way or another. This version looked fine. Um Well, they the were act- saying that the, the widescreen was like there was like a missing print I read about. And like so for ages it was just the like made for TV, like, you know, pan and scan version uh now i have i have a full screen rather no i have definitely have a widescreen yeah i would have to i need to break out my uh it's VHS a blue- and see if it even works it's probably like melted from watching it a thousand times yeah <laughs> well i was gonna say my vh copies all jacked up like they took the shit out they added like stuff at the end like oh optimus prime didn't really die there's like a narrator they hired <laughs> the narrator come back and <laughs> we fucked up (laughs) (laughs) for the vhs like oh god what did we do because i don't know to them it was just a cash grab but like to kids it was like and that's like the sort of the duality of this property it's like you know i'm it's like i'm so wistfully nostalgic intellectually i know that it's just a crazy crass toy commercial but like emotionally it's like i'm invested in these characters even though i know it's dumb you know that's what i'm saying coming back to it from years of not seeing it like it was enjoyable like it has it had a decent pace it was like the animation is uh noteworthy there's some interesting shots there's some cool action there's it is it fucking moved me like hell yeah it was great yeah, all the fights are yeah. really well choreographed. The fight with the fight with Unicron, some of the animation in it is kind of wonky, but oh yeah, because those guys are like their hands are bleeding. Yeah, they haven't left their seat. They're like uh, Unicron has so much line mileage to him, <laughs> so much detail. Yeah, and that sequence where he transforms looks really great. And then I think when they're doing the final battle it's like oh man we got to get this thing out <laughs> we we spent too much time and money on the transformation sequence now we gotta all right that, that looks okay just leave it in it's... there's no particular time where the animation like when when we were watching uh when we did the heavy metal episode that animation is like night and day from shot to shot like sometimes oh, yeah. it's really good and then sometimes it's really bad then this line quality is really good and then it's really bad this is there are times where the line quality gets particularly good but not in like 
where you're like, oh, there's the really good animator. Yeah. And draftsman. And then it's, there's it's the more even. Okay. Sure. One. Yeah. It's, it's pretty even. It's less, it's not, there are definitely wonky shots in it, but it's not distracting. Like in heavy yeah. metal, you're just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. That Prince guy is just like, oh God. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that character. <laughs> so homophobic. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then they de- the Autobots like declare victory somehow at the end. They kill Unicron. So they open up, you know, Hot Rod opens up the Matrix and somehow that kills Unicron. We're not sure. Unicron's head is now in orbit as the new moon which is kind of a big thing in the moot in the next season of the show. Like it's our first, Oh, I wrote down, this is our first freeze frame ending. Oh, yeah. It just, you see his head go around and then just freeze frame. And yeah, they're like, it's like on ones too, for a while, like it's really smooth. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, stop, stop. freeze frame. Fuck it. Yeah. We ran out of money. The it's animator died. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The animator died of a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I. This movie's awesome. I. But it made me. Annihilate. I would. I, I, <laughs> I would recommend this to, let you know, especially animators or or people who like animation. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I mean, if you're old enough to see a bunch of characters die horrible deaths. Like, yeah. If you're into the Saw movies, then. This won't be too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a billion sentient creatures, including children, <laughs> die horribly in the cold open of this movie. Before the credits even roll, we see children dying. Uh, let's see if there's anything fun in the notes I have. I did write that um, Hot Rod does have a, some redemption that needs to be fulfilled here, too, because he he fucks up. He kind of Prime has yeah, he gets him killed basically. He gets him killed, yeah. I wrote down Autobot fishing question mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird, the, uh, weird physics. We talked about kind of the scale and the weird physics of things. Well, a different sense of scale or a different meaning of scale, it does there's an epic scale to this movie, like all the different places they're going and the and this oh, this yeah. planet that destroys other planets and how they visually show that. It's well, they definitely expand the universe here. From the TV show, it mainly takes place on Earth, and occasionally they go to Cybertron, but here it's like they're exploring the bigger universe, and it kind of opens up the property to like other things. They discover other life forms and other, and it, you know, it's all pretty well designed. Uh, what a, da, 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 da. Yeah, I love all the color schemes, especially the trash planet, all the, the warms, warm reds and yeah, Autobots are generally Autobots and safe places are generally orange in this and Pri- like primary. Yeah, and well, secondary orange and then purple for like Decepticons and yeah, dangerous places like inside of Unicron and the the uh, Quintessons jail cells kind of purple and all the all the uh, Decepticon explosions are purple, but the Autobot explosions are orange. And all their laser blasts are that color, too. Right. Yeah, there's some good separation there. Well, shit, my phone's just said 10%. I mean, I, it's, it, I still got a little bit, but maybe we should wrap things up so it's not a complete, like, you well, lose this, me completely. 
this was cathartic. I, I don't know if it made up for 35 years of therapy, but I, I feel better now. <laughs> it was good to get this off my chest. My feelings about this movie have been pent up and I've been trying to like find the words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie destroyed me as a kid and, uh, but I still came back and watched it a thousand times. Yeah. Same. And, uh, yeah. Stealing it. What's the, you know, the, what's the QAnon uh, slogan? <laughs> it's like us. Till all are one. No, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just was going to say that maybe it's something like with, with one, we, we all follow or some shit like that. One shall but stand, it, one will fall. Yeah. <laughs> I think that maybe the QAnon people really like. They're just they're just really into Transformers. Yeah. Fuck okay, yeah, Transformers. It's Jordan a cultural was, uh, cultural icon. Jordan was wondering who the first was going to start crying during the podcast. <laughs> um, I've I had a couple shots. I don't know. I... <laughs> so uh, to install the new thing, I've been thinking about uh, what have you been watching. Oh, um, season three of Cobra Kai. Nice. Yeah. The novelty is worn off. It's still watchable. Um, I don't know. Season one was pretty amazing. After that, it's just like, eh, that's all right. Yeah. I started the first episode and my wife didn't like it. So I have to watch it by myself. That's, you know, oh, at some oh, point. No. Um, I like the whole, like in the, in season one, the kind of role reversal they do. Yeah. That, that, yeah, they, in the like, first episode they kind of bring show that yes yeah, that's John, great. like johnny lawrence is now kind of the hero and machio is now kind of the villain yeah i like all that and they kind of there's that sort of fan theory about he's he was really the villain all along like if you yeah <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. They, yeah they kind of lean into that and they they lean into it pretty heavy just throughout the series like yeah aisha's uh, gone in season three too like somehow they got rid like Aisha didn't want to come back. And she was like one of my favorite characters. So it's like, yeah, yeah. but I'm still, it's still watchable. It's still pretty good. I've been, we started Mr. Mayor, which is Tina Fey's new show with Ted Danson. Oh, it's, how, how it? I mean, if you like 30 rock, this is just as good. It's, it's the best thing since 30 rock that Tina Fey has done. Okay. In my opinion, it's hilarious. Has she uh, done that's anything else besides her 30? She's not like some junky movies and stuff. I don't know. I, maybe they weren't like, I don't know. It's so good. When did 30 Rock? I, I couldn't recommend. Man, it's like six or seven seasons. We've, my wife and I rewatched that. Like, we just throw that on at night and like just rewatch it on repeat, basically. <laughs> But uh, that's right. really good. Couldn't Mr. recommend Mayor. that more, Mr. Right. Mayor. And um, oh, I watched uh, uh, a Harrison Ford movie I'd never seen before, uh, Presumed Innocent or Presumed Innocence. Yeah, yeah. I've, I know it's I've a court seen case it. movie. And uh, I think I've seen it. Who else is in it? The um, <laughs> I don't know her real name. It's uh, yeah, Presumed Innocent. Yeah, from 1990. Um, it's um, the mom from uh, Die Hard, J John McClane's wife. Oh, Bonnie is, is Harrison Ford's wife. Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was okay. It's one of those movies where like it's all explained in like the last one minute of the movie, but uh, it was a good watch. 
Michelle Pfeiffer's not in that, is she? No. The only other guy, um, well, there's two other guys that like stuck out. Uh, Brian Dennehy from the First Blood. Okay. I, that's who I think, you know, yeah. when I think of him. And uh, John Spencer is like a detective buddy in this. Okay. Um, he is in all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's in Copland, which is a movie I like, overly like. We'll have to do that some one of these days. Okay. And uh, another guy, some dude from Deer Hunter. He's like the the uh, um, wedding singer and in Deer Hunter. He's in it. <laughs> oh, there's a the judge is awesome too. Shit, what's that guy? He's there's all kinds. Of, there's actually a ton of people in that movie. It's good. I it rings. I know I've seen it. It, it rings a bell. I just I've there's so many movies I've only seen once, and I've seen yeah. I've seen so many movies that they all that's kind of definitely blend sort of together. like a forgotten. I mean, I, you know, I that's one of those forgotten movies. Oh yeah, Harrison Ford was in that movie. I remember the name. That's about it. That's about all I remember about it. Well, all right. Tune in next week for this equally uh, perfect movie, Masters of the Universe. And yeah, I'm excited uh, to we'll watch s- that again. Oh yeah, it's on Prime. Yeah. I have it on DVD as well. Next, Masters of the Universe from 1987, starring Dolph Lundgren, is next week. Can't wait. So, join us. Yeah, we're really good at ending podcasts. (laughs) And end.